Everybody doing good? Happy 4th of July. You guys do anything fun for the 4th of July? Anybody do anything fun? Yeah? How many of you are going to stay home and be responsible adults and, you know, work and do projects at home? Is anybody going to do that? Yeah? You're the responsible ones. Good job. Um, I hate doing projects on holidays, right? Uh, But sometimes we have to. Sometimes we have projects and we got to do them. Um, I, I know just a couple weeks ago, I went to go do a project at the house and kind of start getting to a certain place in the house. And how many of you know, like, it seems like when you start one project, you run into like three or four more on the way. Is anybody like that? Like maybe you go to clean something or do the dishes and on the way you realize the whole house needs like a cleansing, Right. It's just the way it goes. Uh, or if, like you go to put the groceries in the refrigerator. Anybody ever do this? And then you realize how many things you got to throw away. And you got to clean the whole refrigerator. And it's like a half an hour process. And then the groceries are warm by the time you get them in there, right? Seems like it happens every time to us. But that's why I don't put away the groceries because it turns into a deep cleaning. But um, uh, projects that are unfinished, right? I, I hate projects that are unfinished. Um, I, I was looking up some projects the other day that were big projects. I think I have a video here. Um, you can turn the, yeah, you have to have the music. There we go. Um, so this uh, video here is, uh, I'm going to try and read it to you because I can't pronounce it, but it's Burj Al Babas, right? Sounds like something off Aladdin. Um, but that's the name of the neighborhood, and it is a development that went horribly wrong, okay? It basically, to me, it looks like Disney castles. Would you guys agree? It kind of looks like Disney World castles or something. Um, but the uh, property developers from Dubai, uh, the name of the group is called the Serret Group, and the idea was to construct 732 castles, plus a shopping center, Um, hot springs, entertainment center, Turkish baths, all the works, right? Um, And it's in one of the most beautiful parts in Turkey. I don't know if you can see the landscape, but it's in one of the most beautiful parts in Turkey, not far from the Black Sea. Uh, The construction began in 2014, and they managed to more or less complete 583 castles uh, at a cost of 200 million. Before the economic disaster struck, this project was abandoned in 2019, right? So none of these houses are actually finished. It's kind of weird the way they started, is they started building them all at the same, same time instead of doing one at a time, and then they just ran out of money and stopped, right? Um, but it's pretty much an unfinished project. You can turn it off now. Um, it's an unfinished project, but unfinished business, Right? Jesus, at the end of his life, everybody kind of knows his most infamous saying is, it is finished, right? And he wasn't saying, when he said that, he wasn't saying that he was finished, that he was tired, and that he was finished in that way. Uh, The word, uh, those three words can be summed up in the Greek with one word, and the word that he actually used was tetelestai, tetelestai. Uh, Now, the ancient Greeks boasted of being able to say much and little to give a sea of matter and a drop of language, right? It is finished is but one word in the original, yet in that word is wrapped up the gospel of God. It is finished actually means tetelestai, which means the work is complete. The work is complete. That's in the Greek. 
tetelestai was actually a common word at the time. It would be like uh, with a construction worker, right? And a construction worker would be working on a project. And when he was finished, he would step back and he would say tetelestai. Or an artist, if an artist had, uh, you know, a, a work of art on a canvas and was going to display it and was completely finished right before they would, or right after they would pull off the, the blanket off the, the artwork, they would say tetelestai, right? Which means no more touch-ups or adjustments are necessary. The work is done. And Jesus spoke seven different famous sayings while on the cross. Did you guys know that? I didn't know that till recently, but he actually spoke seven different sayings while on the cross. Some of these were fulfilling prophecies while the others were Jesus quoting different scriptures, right? Theologians call it the words, just the words, right? Not Jesus's words, not the words of Christ, but the words. Today, I want to call it crosswords, okay? Because he was on the cross, just kind of put it together. You guys have a crossword in front of you. You get to fill it out. If you're watching online, sorry, there's no crosswords. You got to be in the building, right? Plus is about being in the building. Um, and just a little secret, the answers are on the paper, just to let you know, okay? Uh, I didn't want anybody going home upset because they couldn't figure out the crossword. Um, but... Uh, so theologians call it the words, we're calling it crosswords. Uh, the sixth crossword uh, was tetelestai. That's not the answer on your crossword sheet. But today, I want to try and describe what the work was that Jesus set out to finish by using those seven words as a backbone. Luke 23, 34, and the New Living, it says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The first crossword that I can see that Jesus was wrapping up tetelestai, or it is finished, is the crossword forgiveness. Forgiveness. Jesus asked for forgiveness for those who didn't ask for it, right? If Jesus was worried about people confessing their sin, he wouldn't have asked for forgiveness for them. Right? Have you ever thought about that? Like he, Here he has an opportunity to tell people to ask for forgiveness, and instead he actually asked for forgiveness for the people. Right? What he didn't yell out was, repent, repent. Why? Because tetelestai encompasses this issue of forgiveness. 1 John 3, 5, it says, And you know without a doubt that Jesus was revealed to eradicate sins. And there is no sin in him, and anyone who continues to live in union with him will not sin. Now, John is not saying that sin didn't exist. John's not saying that sin didn't exist. He's just saying that anyone in him does not sin anymore. John is saying that anyone in him, in Christ, does not sin anymore. I'm going to say it one more time. Anyone in Christ does not sin anymore. Why? Because Jesus eradicated sin. Another translation says the word abolish. Anybody ever seen the movie Batman? Anybody ever seen Batman, right? Like there's a, there's a, a, a multiple series. I know it's the Dark Knight series, right? And there's a middle one in there uh, with Bane. I can't remember which one that is, but it's with Bane. And Bane had, was his arch nemesis, in my opinion. He was one of the worst enemies that Batman had ever fought. But uh, he had created a bomb, and this bomb was going to blow up all of Gotham, right? 
And if you remember, like they didn't know what to do, they couldn't deactivate the bomb, they had prevented it from being able to be deactivated. And Batman drives his bat jet and just drops it into this basement, okay? He just pulls it right in there. He pulls out this huge wire and hooks up to the bomb and then launches the bomb out of the basement and then pulls it, and pulls it far enough away from Gotham, risking his own life, right, and saves all of Gotham. Do you guys remember that part? If not, you got to go back and watch it. It's a pretty intense moment. But that's, in a sense, that's somewhat of what Jesus did, right? He pulled uh, the bomb of sin and removed it in such a way that it does not have the same harm in our lives as it did. First Peter 3.18, it says, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. Forgiveness doesn't happen when we recognize that we've sinned. Do you know that? Forgiveness doesn't happen when we recognize that we've sinned, and it doesn't happen even when we ask for forgiveness. Forgiveness happened 2,000 years ago for all time. His payment lasted for all time. I'm not going to get into this, but I, I did look up the word, and it's actually in a pluperfect tense, which is a Greek tense. It's not even like, it's not even in our English language. And what that means is that at one point in time, it happened forever and ever and ever, and it's continually happening. Nothing can stop it, right? It had to be forever because he's not continually dying. First John 2.12, this is John writing. He said, I'm writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. Sometimes we need to be told that. Did you know that? Sometimes we need to be told that our sins have been forgiven through Jesus, I would say that'd be a good thing to put on your mirror. My sins have been forgiven through Jesus. Um, does anybody know who Bob Zeton is? Anybody know who he is? He's usually greeting at the door, right? I think they're in Canada right now, so he might be watching. Uh, Bob Zeton's one of our elders, and I've been going out to coffee with Bob for the last few years, and uh, the first year uh, that I went out to coffee, I would like try to get his coffee before he got mine. You guys ever do that? Try to get somebody else's coffee, try to be generous, try to be nice. And about the year in, you know, he, he'd always usually beat me, but about, about a year in, Bob leaned into me, and you guys know he's a nice guy, so this wasn't mean, but he said, he leaned into me and he goes, Matt, he goes, when I'm with you, I'm buying your coffee, right? I'm buying your coffee. Now, how dishonoring would it be if I were to say, no, Bob, no, 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 I got it this time. You need to back down, okay? I'm going to buy the coffee, right? No, I didn't do that, and I'm never going to do that. I'm going to forever honor the fact that he said that he is going to buy my coffee. And the same way is with Jesus. When Jesus paid for the sin, we need to let Jesus do what Jesus was good at, Amen. right? Um, when he let him take care of the forgiveness part, that's trusting that he did what he said he would do. Matt, you believe in once saved, always saved? I get that question a lot. Matt, do you believe in once saved, always saved? I do. And you know what else I believe in? I believe in once forgiven, always forgiven. If John wrote to let them know that they are forgiven, then we too are forgiven. So let's go back to the cross. Luke 23, 43, it says, And Jesus replied, I assure you today, today you will be with me in paradise. 
We all know this convo that was happening, right, between Jesus and the other two men that were on, on the cross. And the second crossword I see is the word paradise. Paradise. Uh, the way you pronounce it in the Greek is paradosos, right, which means garden or Eden. It signifies the realm of eternal bliss in God's presence where righteous persons go after death. What he didn't say, what Jesus didn't say to the other man on the cross was, have you been baptized? Like before you die, you pr we probably need to get you off this cross and you need to get baptized before this happens, right? He didn't say, did you say that you're sorry? You need to say you're sorry and you need to say it and mean it, right? Like what we tell our kids. What, he didn't say, what good things have you done? He didn't say, what good things have you done? And he did not say, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> right? He didn't say that. It was by the sin of the first Adam that paradise was lost. And it was the sacrifice of the second Adam that paradise was regained. Jesus finds this criminal worthy of being in God's presence with all the righteous, including Jesus himself, despite the fact that by the Roman state and by his own admission, he had been justly considered worthy of condemnation. I'm going to say something, and I believe this is, this is the direction of the church, but God grants people access to himself that most would never think would deserve it, right? Like people that we don't think deserve God's grace, I want you to know they get God's grace too. That's what stinks about grace. Most of the time we can make up our own minds, well, this person deserves grace and this person deserves grace, but I want you to know there are going to be people that we will run into and that we will know that we might think never deserve grace, but God considers them worthy of deserving grace. Back to the crossword. John 19, 26 through 27, it says, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to, his, or to this disciple, here is your mother. The third uh, crossword or the third thing that is encompassing in this tetelestai is relationship. Jesus offered us relationship with God. He offered a family. When asked how to pray, you guys remember in Matthew 5, I think it is, when people asked him how to pray, how did he start off the Lord's prayer? Our Father, right? He started off with our Father. He introduced God as our Father, and he said, this is how you're to talk to God and consider him your Father. 1 John 3, 1 through 2 it says, look with wonder at the depth of the Father's mar marvelous love that he has lavished on us. He has called us and made us his very own and beloved children. The reason the world doesn't recognize who we are is that they didn't recognize him. Beloved, we are God's children right now. Right now, we are a child of God. Just like it said today, you'll be with me in paradise. Right now, you are a child of God. Back to the crosswords. Matthew 27 through 46. At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is very difficult to say, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? He was quoting from Psalm 22, one, verse one. Um, and the fourth crossword I see is the word security. Security. 
or as Bonquiqui would say, security. Does anybody know Bonquiqui? Right? There's a couple. I know. Security. He promises security. Hebrews 9.12, it says, With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Not with blood, not with the blood of goats and calves is what it says. Every year, the priest would perform a lamb sacrifice and at the end he would say, Tetelestai, right? Still knowing that next year there was to be another sacrifice. And the Jewish culture... When an animal sacrifice was made, they knew it would only be a matter of time and they were going to have to sacrifice again. Once for all time, Jesus secured our redemption forever. With his own blood, he paid off the remaining balance. For how long? I feel like the movie Sandlot. Anybody ever seen that movie? Uh, Forever is what he would say. I want everybody to say it with me together. Ready? forever. One more time. Forever. How long are we going to be forgiven? Ready? Forever. Hebrews 9, 25 through 26, it says, and he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again like the high priest here on earth who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of animal. If that had been necessary, Christ would have had to die again and again ever since the world began. But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. Uh, I used to do, uh, I think I told everybody, and I'll probably continue to talk about all these stories, but I used to do landscaping and construction. And uh, I remember I used to do this work for this uh, German guy, and his name was Mr. Klaus right? And he'd always say, Klaus, like Santa Claus, right? I loved it. And uh, one time uh, he, uh, I came to his house and he wanted me, he said, why don't you back your truck up here and we're going to yank this bush out, right? And I told him, I was like, well, why don't we just cut it down and we'll put some root killer on it. Let's not worry about that. He said, no, back it out and we want to pull it out. We're going to pull the bush out, right? I was like, all right, we'll try it. So I remember pulling my truck back up to the bush. We put a little tie around it, put it around my truck, and we yanked this massive bush out of his ground. And I was freaked out about ruining my truck and everything, but had a great time, and he yelled, and we had a, a blast. And I want you to know, the writer of Hebrews, he wasn't beating around the bush when he's talking about this forgiveness issue. He backed his four by four up, and he pulled it right out of the ground, right? He yanked that thing out. Back to the cross, John 19, 28, it says, Jesus knew that his mission was now finished, and to fulfill scripture, he said, I am thirsty. The fifth crossword I see is relief. He offers us relief with this tetelestai thought process. Gatorade or H2O? Jesus said H2O. Jesus ended the question when he gave living water. John 7, 37 through 38, it says, On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me, and anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When you're working, when you're striving, when you're nervous, when you're anxious, when you're thinking, how can I work this out? What's the economy doing? Where's my life headed? What are, these thing, what are these things that are about to take place? When we're constantly trying to figure it out and take in all the information that we can think, right? 
you're getting more and more thirsty because you're not being fulfilled, right? You will be so fulfilled in life when you know that Jesus took the burden of sin from you, but as long as you think your striving means something to God, your thirst will never be quenched. Back to the cross. John 19, 30, it says, when Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished, right? The sixth cross word I see is the word triumph. It is finished. The word it is the payment, right? What Christ set out to pay for, he paid for it. The most common use of this word tetelestai was in debt collecting when a person finally paid off a loan, they were issued a receipt that was stamped with the word tetelestai, which meant that their debt was now paid in full. How did Jesus pay the debt we owed? Hebrews 10, 12, it says, but our high priest offered himself to God a single sacrifice. How many sacrifices did he offer? A single sacrifice for sins. Good for how long? All time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. Jesus was a musketeer. I said that correctly. Jesus was a musketeer. Y'all know he said that I came not to bring peace, but I came to bring a sword. Right? He made a sacrifice of himself, an all-for-one and once-for-all-time kind of sacrifice. Jesus paid it forward, right? He pulled up to the Starbucks line, went through the drive-thru, and he said, everybody after me gets a latte. They get a lot of grace, they get a latte love, and they get a latte paradise. Right? I know, it was corny, wasn't it? I knew you guys would be in here and I knew you'd laugh at me. You're welcome. Back to the cross. Luke 23, 46, it says, Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last breath. The cross word number seven is reunion. Sometimes in worship songs, right, you'll hear people, you know, Hillsong, they got the English and they got the Australian accents, right? And they'll say, God, we want to bring you glory today. We're going to bring you glory today. And this is how we're going to do it. We're going to bring you glory. First Corinthians 620. Did you guys like my English accent? Was it good? You were God's expensive purchase paid for with tears of blood, so by all means, then use your body to bring glory to God. Do you want to know what brings God glory? It's when we let God do what God is good at. It's by stopping trying to buy something that was already paid for. That's how we bring glory to God. We don't bring glory to God by all the actions that we can do to please him. We don't bring glory to God by worshiping him, although that brings him great joy, I'm sure. But we bring glory to God, at least according to this scripture, by allowing God to do and pay the payment that he paid that we could never pay. Jesus brought man back to God. Stop trying to buy something that's already paid for. God doesn't need to be found. He never left. 
God didn't leave the project unfinished. I'm going to close with this story. Anybody know what this is? I know it looks like an L. It looks kind of like a mountain if you go like this, yeah, right? What is it? It's a framing square. It's a square, right? Um, and I remember showing up uh, one time. We went to go visit up in Ohio, and uh, I showed up to this property that my brother-in-law was building, and we were put up a couple walls for fun. I don't know who does that, but that's what I did on my vacation. And when we stepped back, we looked at the property, and I remember looking at it, and he said, Matt, he goes, I actually didn't square the uh, garage up with the house, so it's actually crooked. And I asked him, I said, are you gonna, are you gonna tell them? Are you gonna fix it? What are you gonna do? He's like, I'm kind of just hoping that they don't notice, <laughs> right? Uh, I don't know if he ever told them. I went back to Florida where it's safe and I didn't have to ask questions. Um, but he left it unsquare as far as I know, right? Second uh, Corinthians 5.18, it says, all this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he's doing. What did Jesus finish? Right, when we ask that question, what did he actually finish? He finished what he set out to do. He made the world square with him. He made, it, he made it square. And what easy, how easy is that to share with people, right? How easy is that to share with you? Hey, God's not mad at you. He loves you. He paid everything for you. He gave his best. That makes it so easy to talk about God. He's not mad at you. He loves you today. And I want to pray over you guys. Uh, this morning. I know it's the fourth, but I do think that God's brought freedom in this house this morning. Amen? But Father, we thank you, God, for each one that's in here, God. I speak life right where they're at. God, I speak hope. God, I know that you finished it all. You paid a price that we couldn't pay. You gave your best. You gave your son those words that were spoken, all that, that tetelestai, it's wrapped up in all those things, God, and we get to have a relationship with you today. If you're feeling far from God, all you got to do is just talk to him. He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Today, you are a child of God. And God, we love you today. We thank you, God, for each one that's in here, God. We speak life, we speak wholeness, we speak truth. We speak for those that might feel like they're far from God, that you have brought us near. You have brought the whole world near and you've made us square with you, God. And we trust you today. We love you, God. And everybody said amen and amen. Mm -hmm.